You know, have you ever really just been trying to work with a client and you're making a decision to go into their view to not really their view of self, but just really understand what's happening in your world. But as you try to go there, all of a sudden you notice that they shift the focus. They can focus on so well on what's going on in their partner, what's going on outside of them. And it feels like a little bit of resistance to really get them into some vulnerability to see what's happening in them. Well, I got a special guest here with me today, and we're going to talk about how do we help work with our client's view of self. Looking forward to having this conversation with the George Fowler. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. Yeah, you guys, you're in for a treat. We just came off of doing an interview with Sue Johnson herself. And Ryan and I, we have been in a series where we're interviewing different people because it's not just about us and pushing our leading edge. We're trying to help you push your leading edge. We're helping you work with your clients at their leading edge. So we called in, and you see his name on our album art. Actually, George Fowler is a, definitely a mentor to me and Ryan. He is a special contributor we consider on this podcast. So I called in George to help share with us what is his leading edge space when working with clients particularly in their view of self. Glad to have you here with us, George. James, thanks for having me, pal. Let's do it. This is this is good stuff. I love what you're trying to do here. I mean, we're we're encouraging, inspiring each other to get clearer, get more specific, just keep wanting to, to help better. So good stuff, man. That's amazing. In case you might also recognize George's voice because he is the co-host on 4Play Radio with Dr. Lori Watson. And I appreciate their mission over there, too, where they're really trying to push the edge in helping us as therapists and couples to have more open and vulnerable conversations around sex, the emotional cycle, the sexual cycle. I'm really excited, George. I, I got to pre-read an article that you and Lori are writing on this. I just really think, once again, we thank you for you and Lori's mission that y'all are on to try and help couples put together these two important cycles in their relationship. So thanks, man. You got it. Thank you. We do better in relationship right in conversation and dialogue so that's why i love doing this it's like all right let's let's just riff together let's kind of let's put our brains together and see what happens i think that is really the the space that we get clearer right i mean that's what eft is trying to do it's starting off with not knowing and it's trusting that people come together in that place you know and be curious together they get a little bit clearer so why would we be any different our field needs to do the Mm. same thing so, George, I want to go ahead and set the hook and focus. We know you love focus, G. Yeah. So, you know, you and I, so part of this, you all, it's, it's exciting. George and I are talking about this, but we are also going to do a one-day training on working with view of self um, um, on March the 10th. And I forgot the times right now. <laughs> I, think, I think it's 12 to 2. Yeah, it's 12 to 2 Eastern, Eastern time. time. Yep. Eastern time. And it will be online via Zoom. If you want to know more about that, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. but Or you can go to successandvulnerability.com. We've talked about our podcast, but... You know, you and here, Ryan and I talk about, but George is also the founder of successandvulnerability.com. So, but George, so here's the hook and the focus. You know, there are some times like I'll be working with a client and I've made that decision. I've declared my focus and it's 
you know, I might've done something like move one of the tango and I've gotten their cycle together. And then all of a sudden I say, Hey, can I come over to you for a moment, whatever partner it is. And I want to understand what's going on over there for you in this place. I see what the cycle does to you, but I want to get clearer on in these moments, when you see this trigger happening, what's going on inside of you. And sometimes even though I'm being clear and intentional with my focus, George, my client just, it's a part of them. It said their body says, I'm not quite ready to talk about me. And they shift the energy. When I even say, you know, what's going on in you, they start talking about their partner. And so George, you talk about building a bridge. Like we have to do that in a way we can't just push for vulnerability. We got to build a bridge. Can you talk a little bit about that bridge or where would you jump in with that? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's normal for clients to have a lot of discomfort and to protect themselves by this, that discomfort, by not engaging, by kind of going elsewhere. Right? We need to be ready for that movement in session. Mm-hmm. That's not a client being defensive or difficult. That's just what we do when we don't feel safe. Yeah. So I think that therapist ability to say, you know, when I start to want to go deeper into view of self, be ready for them to exit to a view of other or talking about inf- something different, because that's that's a way of them titrating their own discomfort mm-hmm. level. And I think the therapist's ability to go with with that, validate that, and then refocus back is really going to be the challenge, Mm. you know? And it's like an incomplete picture. People don't know themselves in these places, right? So it's like, they got a fuzzy picture. When you say, how do you feel? And they say, I feel sad, or they feel scared. Like they're giving you something, but it's this general label, Mm -hmm. right? That for me, it's just like, I good. I got a general label. Let's get more specific. Let's sharpen this focus. Let's and, and every therapist wants to do that, but we don't get that much specific training on like how do we actually do that to sharpen the pitch? And that's what really I'm hoping we could talk about today. What are some sentences? What are some things we can do that actually are gonna help people go deeper within themselves? So I want to even give we're gonna drop down and get specific, but I want to catch some good points you said there, George. I think that can help our therapists. Even when you notice that happening, just say to yourself, it's completely normal what they're doing. The cycle has taught them to guard and protect these parts. So when you start trying to go into their themselves, the cycle says no and backs them back out. And then you said something, too. It's I think it's a very empathic, validating phrase is this is your way of titrating your vulnerability. And I so appreciate that, that even right here, when I start asking about you you kind of start pointing me out to showing what's going on with your partner, which I get that for me when I do this, because you're showing me all the triggers, all the things out there that feel like threats for you. And then it's really hard to really talk about you because what is it like? You know, so anyway, I'm getting into specifics a little bit there, right? That's good. That's good. I love it. So let's talk about then. Let's get focused, George. Like, you know, me and you can kind of riff off each other here. What have been some of your ways where you're getting cleaner or some lines that you have to help when a client blocks you when you go for view of self and they start focusing out on other? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's about taking these general labels and really okay. unpacking them. So if you say, hey, George, I'm afraid. Like I'm expecting you to then go into problem solving. So that like, when you go like, you know, but I realize if I just came home on time, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't be so afraid. Like I yeah. could, we got that. Those are blocks. We can talk about that at another show. But when you pull them <laughs> back and you get back to afraid, okay. it's like, that's where the therapist is like, all right, now what do I do it? 
Let's make that afraid come alive. So what do I mean by that? So James, help me out. Okay. If you keep getting it wrong, your body's saying, you know, what's going to happen? This is where the therapist needs to conject, right? To make the picture become more focused. I want to make the fear come alive. Help me out, James. Like what is going to happen if you keep failing? Like, do you just keep being stuck in this cycle? Do you get to the point where your partner no longer wants you? Do you feel like you're like, did I want you to go into that? Paint me a picture of that fear coming. Like, and that's what I call I like leaning that. into the fear. That's like a gas pedal move. Leaning it's like make the fear. the fear, worst case scenario, the catastrophic fear. If this keeps happening, this is what the body's afraid of. There's something coming down the line that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's let's get to that bad thing. Let's lean into that place to start making it come along. So what might you be afraid of, James? Oh, man. Like when you said that, like, what might I be afraid of that? Eventually, I'm going to get to some point and Nicole is just going to see how completely like, oh, no, here's one. Sorry. It might came alive in my body. Just even trying. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to eventually just lose connection with Nicole and I'm not going to be able to get her back. Mm. So, again, notice how that comes alive in your body yeah right what do you feel in your body when you say that um i felt like this um kind of like a sinking feeling kind of hit my chest like i could see her like i can visualize her go away and and this is probably that withdrawal part there's no performance or words or the right words or the right mix of formula i'm going to be able to do but i feel a desperation come up in my chest yeah so again, you can feel that specific, that specificity as you're trying to get into that scene. Not only is there helplessness that your your performance isn't working, but now it's reached this point where there's now futility mm. that she's kind of seen enough of that, mm-hmm. and now she's leaving. Mm-hmm. So what's that like to imagine you're not going to be able to reach her? That she's she's gone. Where is she going? What does your life look like if she goes? George, like. <laughs> It's like, even like, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a big, but I get, brings a tear to my eye in a way. It's like, I, I feel so like I'm like in a dark hole alone and it's just painful in a way. Yeah. Again, how could it not? All this work is to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. As a therapist, I have to have the courage to go to that place. Cause if I don't face that fear with you, you're always going to just be alone hiding that place from yourself. I want to make that fear come alive so we can be in that together. That is the worst case scenario for your performance to fail is not enough. If it does fail, you lose everything. Mm. What does life look like if you lose everything? How do you feel about yourself? Now it doesn't just end with Nicola leaving. Now you got to make sense of that. What's wrong with me? I'm just a loser. There's a lot of nasty stuff come down the pipeline. So we're going to take a break here and we're going to, George is going to pick up his work with me. And maybe what I'm going to do is I don't know if I lean out a little bit and let George show us how he'll bring it back. Even when James blocks George out from his view of self after this break. Do you want more help getting focused in your work with relationships and distress, but you needed to fit into your already busy schedule? and you want it to be affordable, check out successandvulnerability.com. Success and Vulnerability is an excellent online video-based curriculum developed by a team of EFT trainers, supervisors, and therapists 
who share their unique insights and therapeutic styles to help you succeed at working with relational distress. The SV program is for therapists at all stages of development who want to grow in their ability to work with emotional and relational distress. Success and vulnerability is also a great tool to help supervisors increase their effectiveness and supervision to help give focus, expert feedback for to help people get better in their work with couples and families and even individuals. Success and vulnerability uses multiple forms of learning from didactic to experiential exercises and actual clinical cases with commentary to help you learn the micro moves of emotionally focused therapy. We look forward to be a part of helping you and your clients have success where it matters most in vulnerability. All right. So what would that be like for me? How do I see myself there is where we were last time, George. Right. Man, go ahead, George. No, I, I, this is, this is where the questions need to really make the picture come into focus, okay. right? There are so many layers to this. That's what view of self is about. It's not like just getting to James feels scared, right? Mm. It's, it's scared's attached to many things underneath there. So again, if I make that fear come alive, you lose your Nicola. I have the sense of helplessness that you failed. Now I got to help you figure out like, how do you make sense of that? Right? The, what happens to you if you go to this place? You know, is there a scene that comes up? I really want a scene to come up. That imagery is so important. You know, what do you tell yourself in this place? How do you make sense of this happening again? All this work is to not be alone where you feel like you're failing. You're here again. What does it tell you about you? Like, these are all lines. Who sees you in that place? You know, imagine someone you love being in this place. These are all lines that we're trying to kind of use that can stretch out that self place. Mm. So it makes that more vivid picture. I think most therapists are settling for really unclear pictures. Okay. They're still really vague and it's just not a, it's not alive. They get something good. It's vulnerable. You feel scared and you feel like you're failing. And the mm -hmm. therapist is right. Great. Share this. No, I don't know what you, I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. That sense of failure. That's what we're trying to make come alive. Okay. So for you with getting view of self, one of the first ingredients is it has to really truly be alive. Trying to get view of self outside of that probably would fall short. Yes, it becomes just this kind of thinking about it differently. Okay. We want to get into the experience. We need get the emotion the to change the emotion. And then from there, you kind of ran a couple good clear lines that I liked. Like almost like how do you see yourself there is one line you use. And yeah. if they are a little bit blocked on themselves, one way you, the line you used to there was, and how what would it be like for you as you see a loved one there, someone that you care about? Right. Or who, yeah. and then when I've heard you use that as one of my favorite ones, who sees you there? You're trying to make it alive, like the loneliness and that, and that scary place come alive. But you have to be in the experience in some way and using images in a way. Okay. Right. But those are all lines I've learned to come up with by being in this place. But we're not training therapists on what to do in this place. Right. So yes, write some of those lines down. It gives you a little bit more space. Therapists have a good intention. They just don't know how to implement that intention when they get there. Right. And it's distressing when the client doesn't know and the therapist doesn't know, how do you kind of settle into that place that that's okay? Because if you can't, your anxiety is going to pull you out of that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. 
I like that, George. And I think for me, when I'm thinking about like, and I liked how you're talking about it, because when I typically sometimes think about this view of self, it is really trying, you're even one getting us into it is one move. But then also there's the other move of maybe you have gotten the client into it, but then they keep trying to move out to like, and then it's like they stop talking about themselves experientially and alive, but then they want to kind of like keep, instead of talking about them, I think I saw it with one of your people one time and one of yours, they start talking about like, you kept trying to talk about her and she went to third person. Mm -hmm. She talked about her kid or she talked about her husband and you caught it and you, you noted the block. You say, Hey. You kind of stop talking about you here. You start saying this they and this, this other part. And you can, it's like you kind of lose you here. What's happening in that place? What would it be like if we did something like that? I'm kind of making your line. What would it be like? What is it like for us to stay here and kind of see you right now? Yeah. No, I think, I think we've been doing a better job, especially success and vulnerability, of helping people anticipate the blocks, roll with the blocks, and pull people back. But I think what we're doing here today is we're okay. trying to say, what do you do when you come back? Okay. Right? How do you how do you make that you do place when you come back? last longer and unpack it more? Okay. Because that's the that's the heart of it. That's okay. The goal, the most vulnerability is going to be found in that view of self. Okay. And most clients are not going to know what to say in that place. So they really need the presence of the therapist. The therapist needs to be engaged. Right to, to create that safety, I, I think you need to conject a lot in this place yep. because and, and be flexible with your conjections. But you know, if we're just going to ask questions. It's not going to be enough here. So, like, if you say, you know, George, I don't know what happens. Mm -hmm. I'm immediately going to say, all right. So let's go through the possibilities. Let's make them come alive. What what could happen? What do you say if I just say James? Well, so what are the possibilities? I'm putting it all on you. Ooh. But if I instead say, "Woof, James," so you're not even sure. Uh -huh. So some of the things that might happen here would be like, you know, things don't change, and you just get stuck in this place. And this is Groundhog's Day every single day of your life. Yeah, that could be one option. Or another option might be, you know what? Because it doesn't change, Nicola leaves you. Yeah. Damn. So again, those conjectures allow me to feel you more, which allows me to have more to bring to you in this conversation yeah. of self. Yeah. So I like that you've already named kind of three specific interventions in a way. Conjecture is really powerful here. Con yes. And so that's a great one to give people. And that conjecture, when you do it, so the way the conjecture works for me, George, is when I'm conjecting, I try to conject from I put myself in the client's shoes and try and explore the possibilities for them. I right. run the scenarios like I will, like even in this, I'll talk how you were working with me. So, James, let me slow down here. It's like you can see Nicola going away. And as you see her going away, it's like this dark hole forms around you. And so mm -hmm. you're like doing what you're, and you're trying to keep that from happening. So even as I'm sitting there and I'm getting clear on this, oh, my gosh. Because like if Nicola, like if you don't have the moves, you just keep watching her farther and farther away until she's completely gone out of your sight and you have no good yeah. moves. Whew, my yeah. goodness, man. Right. And that is an intervention when you go, oof, my goodness. Like you're, you're reflected in those nonverbals, right? That, that, that uh, this is horrible. I mean, a lot of times in session, when I get to the place of saying, this is a nightmare. This is a horror scene. No uh -huh. wonder why 
you don't want to go to this place. Like that is me feeling it with them. I know I'm in the horror scene now with them. Yeah. I'm walking in their shoes and I'm feeling it. Yeah. Right. And and again, that that's that specificity that I think a lot of us don't get help getting. Yeah. And let me let me help you all point out one thing that if you even notice something that me and George are doing here. Did you notice even when George said that his tone, I think part of you of self is you've got to go into the scary scene and make it come alive. So that's where your tone changes. That's where you I think we we do this exercise sometime in George. Where we call it the washover experience. Where we try and help therapists go through as they're with people, let the experience wash over you and let it come alive. I had one client, she told me, she said, I didn't get the depth of my experience, James, until I saw it on your own, on your face. Exactly. Because she had ran a trauma scene and it hit me in the shock and the horror and the pain that this young woman went through. And I'm wearing it. And she's like, you made me feel something I had distanced myself from by watching it on your face. It's so important. And again, every therapist wants to do that, but you need to have the interventions to be able to get there. Okay. Right. And that's what we're trying to empower therapists with here. A, a thing I often do is I will, I will do waves. I will use that imagery of waves for clients. So if with you, I'd say, so James, mm -hmm. so the first wave that I hear you saying is you don't know what to do. And you're a guy who knows what to do. And here you are something so important and you don't know what to do. That's pretty bad. But here comes the second wave. Because you don't know what to do, if you continue to not know what to do, you're going to lose your wife. You're going to lose your family. Everything that you put in to make your life successful can disappear. Ugh. That's horrible. And it doesn't end there, James. Here comes now the third wave. Now you lose your wife. You lose everything. Now you're just left with yourself with that disgust that says, what a loser. Look at this. I always knew this would happen. I always knew I'd come up. Damn, Jane, that's, that's, this is horrible. Again, you see how I'm building, mm -hmm. right? And I'm adding more elements yep. to this view of self. It's not just in each way. Yep. Exactly. So again, waves are a good way of expanding, right? Having these interventions that allow you to, to, to really make this scene come alive. That's what we keep talking about. I'm going to run the list past y'all again because I think this is important. This is what our viewers want. We talked about conjecting, conjecting to the leading edge of their experience. And it's okay to run the risk of pushing outside of it a little bit. And if they, it, the conjecture doesn't work, one of our favorite terms is just pivot and readjust. Let me add to the conjecture, though. The conjecture has to always be attached with the validation. We're trying to stretch so we can feel their experience. And as soon as I feel it, that validation is saying, damn. No wonder why this is so hard. Oh. I get why you don't want to talk about this, right? You haven't had good options here. You're doing a great job fighting for yourself in a new way. That validation is is instrumental in the kind of trying to stretch the leading edge. And like that, once that's something we talk about in SV2, these interventions really go good in combos. You know, exactly. I, Ryan and I joked on, we talked about, I was watching the documentary on Mike Tyson, George, and like yep. part of what made him so dangerous, he knew he wanted, he knew there was a punch he wanted was that inside uppercut. So he came up with a combo because all of his opponents would come in curled up and they were ready to block the uppercut. So what he learned to do was when they ball up like that, he takes his hand, reaches towards their back and punches them in the kidneys. 
And he knows when I hit you in the kidneys, it's going to open that box. And when they open, he's like, boom. Boom, there it comes. And so even with these yeah. these interventions, it's the conjecture helps push it, maybe open it. That validation comes in. It kind of hits them with a boom. And then but here's where you go. It's And be ready to keep rolling the next one. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. So anyway, so I like that conjecture validation combo. Is, is it kind of like this deep desperation and sadness? Ooh. And the combo comes with, and how could you not be sad, James, when this woman you love, you don't have the good moves to be able to get there, that validation. But I yeah. want to stay there, James. You're still in that hole. Like, so there's that part. Mm-hmm. I love it. The imagery, the imagery you talk about, trying if you can, build imagery. Um, I know Ryan, and he was usually on here. Ryan would say if he doesn't have an image, he doesn't have the client. He will not move forward until he gets some kind of image for it. Right. And I love another intervention that we don't talk about. I like what you said, explore possibilities, which is another form of a conjecture. So it's like conjecting a a possible fearful attachment outcome here, a loss of connection, a getting of being alone in your pain. And I like your use of waves. And George used this where he progressively in a combo way. And then when this happens, you feel sad. But it doesn't stop there for you. Now, only when you come into this sadness, then you begin to feel it, but you have no good way to show it. And so then you're stuck with it. And then that sadness builds in you and it wears you down. And then you just feel like so despondent and broken. But now that's not enough when you're in that broken place and then you have no way. Then your people tell you, you don't care. You're not showing up. And then here comes the death blow. You're in this place where you feel like a fit. And then George sets it right there. Boom. Here's that view of self. And I'm trying to think out loud. That's why it's fun to do a process like this. Like generically, how can we break that down? Like those three waves. The first one is based on your, your performance, what you're trying to do. Pursue is pushing or what you're trying to avoid fight. Like that effort is not working. Everything that they're trying to do to work is not working. That's like the first wave, right? You're trying to get them in the present process. Hey, G, catch that. That's the line right there. That's a clear line. That's a line y'all can write down. And I see it. Everything you're doing is not working. That's a great line. It, It hit my body when you said it. Beautiful. So that's that's the first wave based on what's happening in this cycle and how that what their action tendency is. The second wave is going to be the costs of the failure, the cost of, you know, what you don't want to happen is now happening. Right. This is the relationship cost. That would be the second wave. I'm going to lose my partner. I'm going to, you know, that then the third wave is going to be all right. Once you've paid the costs, how do you make sense of you now? Oh. Right, this is where the shame is really going to kick in. Right, I knew this would happen. This is what my dad would say about me. I always come up short. I mean, that's vicious. So that's a pretty. Those three waves are pretty predictable in every scenario. You're going to have some form of that. I'm ready to wrap up the podcast right there with that hey, one. Man, that's good. Man. I want to change it to. I want to change the title now to working with our clients in waves. So the first wave is show them how you can see that their efforts to do something here is not working. And then the yep. cost of failure and then the relationship cost. What's that? The cost of, of that failure in the relationship, in the relationship. the relationship costs, right? That's, that's where the, you bring in the partner. What's, what's going to happen to your partner because now you failed or you've been angry again, or you, this is where, you know, that I'll be left, I'll be rejected. I'll lose. I'll, this is the nasty place, the relationship costs. And then once you've paid the cost, how do you make sense of you? Here comes the shame. Man, that's, that was gold right there, G. 
that I think that's a that's a good place right there. Just even getting clearer on how to use waves. I think that's worth a as Jay Z would say, that's like a million dollar game for nine ninety nine right there. <laughs> Man, thank you. Yeah, I want to just leave it right there. Thank you so much, George, on even just even giving. I think that's a practical tool that our therapists can listen to this podcast and go right into session. They can apply even just using waves to get model of self. What a great progression. You know, that's thank you, George, for just keep pushing. And I know so many trainers are, and I'm thankful that you pushing to get so clear to make this what can feel so like like a very deep heart, trying to make it clear where everyone can do this thing, man. So really appreciate you, George. Great to have you. I look forward to the next time, James. Keep it rolling. All right, you all. Thank you so much for listening to the Leading Edge podcast. Really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Rayner Professional Training and on his website, ryanraynertraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com. Mm-hmm.